Somebody asked me earlier, they said, when were you most proud of your dad? And I said, it was after he passed because I was older. Right. And I got to really get all the stories and exactly. stuff and people tell me how many lives he impacted. After he won the Super Bowl, I get down on the field, right? Which would never happen in today's. No. This was crazy. There's no way they would believe that my mom was my mom. So it was wild. I get there. I'm standing up there when they're presenting the trophy. Brett's up there. I'm up there. My dad's up there. A couple other players, right? And I remember he said, and I want to give all the honor and the glory. And when he started going, I remember in my mind, I'm like, tell everybody to be quiet. You're trying to tell them right. the good news. And everybody's right. screaming. And I remember thinking, I don't right. understand why he just won't tell them to be quiet. And then I look back on it later and I'm like, there's no way you're telling a right. whole group of fans. I'll but, never forget him running around with a trophy out there that day. You know, he's old school. You know, I didn't really see a lot of jerking and jiving. He just ran straight <laughs> over people, yeah. you know. And, and and I like his style. Like, I really like my father's style. And I was actually training for running back in 2020 in flag. Yeah. I actually was playing tackle with the LFL, and I was playing defensive end, but 2020 I was playing flag football and I was training as running back, and I really wanted to get back into contact because I was like, yeah. I just want to hit people. And my dad actually came to one of my games in Los Angeles. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so he really he really liked the league. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Dad, what do you think? He was like, yeah, I like it. Welcome to a special edition of the Roman Gabriel Show with two young leaders and difference makers. The first is Jeremy White, son of Pro Football Hall of Famer and Green Bay Packer great Reggie White. He's the author of the book, In His Shadow, Growing Up with Reggie White. My next guest is the daughter of Cleveland Browns Pro Football Hall of Famer, one of the greatest running backs of all time, Jim Brown. Kimberly Brown is an accomplished actor and philanthropist. I'm honored to share the stories of two very special young people and leaders carrying on very powerful legacies. Enjoy this edition of the Roman Gabriel Show. And remember, for everything sports and entertainment and all the inside content and media, go to our official website at romangabrielshow.com. That's romangabrielshow.com. Anywhere you get your podcast. Everybody, this is Roman Gabriel, host of the Roman Gabriel Show. You know, our mission is much larger than providing you an entertaining podcast. Our country faces an ongoing crisis of underage youth battling alcohol and drug addiction and a rising suicide rate. This problem impacts all of us and our families. Our nonprofit, the Sold Out Youth Foundation, has been my passion since 2003, impacting hundreds of thousands of middle and high school students, challenging them to an alcohol and drug-free life while providing a life-changing, interactive online education platform, teaching students valuable life skills and success principles, equipping them to pursue their passion and dreams. I need your help. Our program is successful because of people just like you who financially support our movement. Please give safely and easily today by going to our website at soldouttv.com. That's soldouttv.com. And click on the red Donate button. Or right now on your cell phone, Text sold out 20 to 484848. That's sold out 20 to 484848. All donations are 100% tax deductible. And believe me, any amount will help. 
Your generous gift can help one more child stay on the right path to health, wellness, and success. Thank you, and be sold out. Coming in with me is Jeremy White. He's the son of the great Reggie White, who was a pro football Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl champion for the Green Bay Packers. Great to have yeah. you come in with us, Jeremy. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, I still got one thing your dad's. The article I did with him on Sports Spectrum, he signed for me at the Super Bowl. I still wow. have that. It's in a drawer somewhere in my office. Yeah, um, tough. But it, that was so – that interview at the time was probably, at being a, being a Christian in ministry, was probably one of the most impactful interviews that I've ever done because your dad was great, and he just said – However long we got to do it, and that and that was the thing. And I know he probably was telling, talking to you about tour and what he was learning oh, yeah. too and everything. But and he it, was. But, but what was cool was, obviously, I had no idea what was going to happen. I don't want to say he knew, but he knew something, something was coming. So, I never forget it. We talked for about an hour, and he said it was about three months before he passed. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. See that yeah, I have to get I'm, you a copy because I'll never forget him talking about you guys, talking about family, talking about his goals for his mission and what he wanted to do. He was, and at that time, he was really into Torah. the Torah. Yeah. And he had his trip to Israel. and um, You know, he probably, and that means a lot because the night we, and I'll give you my autobiography tomorrow and you can read it, and yeah. it's, it's not hyperbole. We went to the movies. He was asking me some questions about what he had learned. He's like, trivia question. He was like, what was this in the Bible? What was that? I was like, Dad, you're going to tell me anyway, so yeah. just tell me. But we're, me and him are coming back from the movies because my mom waited for my sister because my sister worked at the movie theater we went to. So it's just me and him in the car on the way back the night before he passed. And I'm trying to start conversation with him. And it's never hard to start conversation with my dad. Sure. He would not engage me. Really? At all. He wouldn't. He was wow. just. It was a very somber, kind of quiet. It wasn't because he was tired. It wasn't because the movie wasn't. So we went to go see Fat Albert. Um, so that was a lot of nostalgia wow. for him, and he just wouldn't. He he didn't he didn't ask me any Bible questions. It was just, it was, it was the calmest twenty minute ride back home. And I'm and I remember thinking, I'm just like, why is he? I'm trying to talk to you about like a bunch of superficial things and some right. and he's not engaging me. And it wasn't like I said before when I was younger. He's tired. He just got done with practice, and then you know the next morning, yeah. everything went down. And I was like. Because he told us about a dream he had the night before he passed. Or two nights before he passed, he, he had, um, he had, and I can't believe I, for, I keep forgetting about this. A night or two nights before he passed, he had a dream that he was somewhere searching for a treasure. And he found the treasure, but he, had, he found Hebrew letters on the treasure, and he didn't know what it oh, meant. Okay. And he could read the, he knew the, the, uh, the letters themselves, and then he could read the rest that said, you know, in Jehovah's name or yeah. in the Lord's name, right? But he didn't know what these three letters were, and it was two translations of the same word. Wow. He woke up, he looked at it, and the word he was looking at in Hebrew was redeemed. And then he passed away two wow. days later. And I'm just, you know, it's moments like that that you're just like, anytime I'm going through something and I'm feeling, oh my goodness, you know, what's real, what's not real? And I remember that dream, I'm like, God was telling them, you're right. good. Come on home. Right. You are, you know, and it's just, it's surreal to tell that story because that's the next day. That's when everything happened in, in Malaysia. Remember the big, uh, remember the big tsunami Yeah. and everything. It was almost like, and I never want to say that, you know, something in the earth is because somebody else. But I remember a friend of ours saying, there's the earth is going to mourn this man leaving the earth. And 
it was literally when the tsunami had hit, it was only, it was within either the hour or within a couple hours of my dad passing. You know, Jeremy, the first time I met your dad was 97. We were in New Orleans for the Super Bowl. It's the year that he kind of helped put together the first gospel concert. Yeah. And they were, it was in this little bitty church in New Orleans. Not like it is today, this huge thing with thousands of people. Right. It was in this little bitty church, and my wife and I were the only white people in the room, right? Okay. It was Ro- Rocket Ishmael was there, yeah, yeah. and Gene was there, and, and it, but it was really cool. I mean, it was, it was kind of a, a hometown small version of what it is today, but really uplifting. Right. And I thought, man, this is really cool. Uh, but I remember he invited me to come to an FCA event that he was doing at a church. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, uh, I, I didn't know, but I, but I was going full-time in FCA, not okay. five years later. My wife okay. and I went on staff with FCA for five years. So I remember going to the church, and it was a huge group of kids in this church. And I was standing in the back, and Leonard and I were there. And uh, he just started getting off, and he started, you know, doing it, preaching it, and, and, and he, was, he was rolling. And, and I'll just never forget just, just man, how, you know— he, I have the gift of evangelism. I'm evangelist, been evangelist, you know, been in ministry for 25 right. years. But his, the inspiration he gave me that day to like just preach it and just give it and just give it hard. Don't apologize for it. Don't don't make excuses for it. Don't try to water it down. Just give it the way it's supposed to be given, yep. and then challenge people to make a decision. Yep. And uh, that day, I remember seeing that, and I thought. That, that, that you know, that's me. And that was three years before he got really involved in studying more. Yeah. And that was, and it was, I remember me and him butted heads because I'm a teenager and that's what teenagers right. do. And I said to him, I said, Dad, I said, he's like, you, you've got a problem with me and I'm taking away everything that you enjoy. No computer, no TV, just nothing <laughs> until you talk to me about what's yeah. going on. And I'm trying to hold out, right. you know, two days and I'm like, all right, fine, I'll sit down with you, right? And I told him, I said, Dad, I, you know, we're coming, we're, we're growing in our faith and I feel like you're attacking some people from before. And he goes, yeah. Jeremy, when have you heard me start the conversation? He goes, every time I start these conversations that people are uncomfortable with, they ask me, Reggie, what are you learning? And I tell them and they don't like it. Wow. And he goes, and all I'm asking him to do is if we're going to talk about this, can you tell me where you are getting this? And we're going to have a discussion. And he goes, and people don't want to have a discussion right. anymore. They just, they were uncomfortable by what I told I, them. So, can, you know, uh, that's, that's interesting. I can remember going to the Super Bowl before your dad played in the Super Bowl. And I can remember we were w- w- probably one of the only Christian organizations that had credentials because I started out secular. Yeah. So the NFL gave me credentials because I was covering the games and I was doing a five-day-week right. show. And then I transitioned. I really want to start covering stories. So we started telling, and I can never forget back then, the cameras would be on, and when we start talking to these guys about their faith, the cameras would turn off, guys would be mad that we asked the questions. Right. It was like persecution. Right. So when I was so happy the Packers won, because I thought, man, Reggie, this is going to be awesome. So like the first day, he came in there to Radio Row. He just started sitting at a round table, and he's sitting there, and all the guys are around him. He finally got to the Super Bowl. Of course, years he'd been trying to get there. Right, right. So he sits down, and before he even started, the press was there, and he goes... All right, here's how it's going to be. I'm going to say what I need to say. I'm going to speak, and you're going to listen, and then I'm going to answer all your questions. Right, right. And he's, like, going off on, like, Ecclesiastes. He's preaching it every day, and they're having to sit here and listen to it, man. That's right. And I'm like, this is awesome. So it, the, the conversation about faith started because all these reporters are like, well, he won't talk to us unless, you know, he talks about God. 
And I think I, I've been on a few other shows today, and they, they mentioned the same thing. I said, I thought that that was amazing. And, you know, I'm younger. I didn't realize the impact that that was having, you know, at, at that age because social media is not around. And he's like, no, I'm, we're not going to do this unless we talk about well, this. Well, you know what happened, though? He was the first one to do it. And then by the time Kurt Warner came along in 99, yep. two years later, Kurt, Kurt was totally different from your dad. And I say this all the time. Your dad was a preacher. Your dad was, where your dad was in your face. Your dad was, was mm -hmm. this is the way it is. Whether you like it is not my opinion. You say it all every time. Not my opinion. God's opinion. Right. And so he would just straight up give it. Well, when Warner came to the Super Bowl, Kurt was a little softer because his personality was a little mm -hmm. different. Right, just different A little person. more conversational. Yeah. And so he kind of brought it to a whole new level because he kind of made it into a lifestyle thing because of his story. Right. So everybody's like, are you kidding me? You started as a grocery store guy. How in the world did this happen? You know, your, your wife, what you're doing with these kids that you mm -hmm. adopted. And so he's telling the story. And when he won the, the MVP yeah. and won the Super Bowl and got in front of them, his story just went People just went nuts because yeah. now it's not being a Christian. It's a story yeah, about someone right, right. doing it. So everybody credits Reggie for the start, and they credit Kurt for bringing it into the mainstream. That's excellent. Because what happened was we would find out from chaplains, from athletes in action, mm -hmm. who would tell us, here are the guys you need to talk to the Super Bowl. Here's right. a list of guys walking the walk. And one year, a Baltimore Raven was telling a story about how he almost died of, of, of a kid. He had a kidney attack okay. and almost died on yeah. the table. Yeah. And so I knew it. And I asked him the questions. And the guy went, come on, do we have to talk about God, you know, at the Super Bowl? Right. And I said, let him tell his story. Right. And so he told the story. And it's this amazing miracle about what God did in his life and about right. how he got to the Super Bowl. And so after it was over, these guys are like, these newspaper writers, well, maybe people don't want to hear about Super Bowl minutiae for seven days. Maybe our readers do want to hear about these guys' lives stories, and about real yeah. stories. And as it start turning into that. So from that point yeah. on, so many guys began to have a platform and know that when they went to the Super Bowl that this was their chance to speak to the world about what God had done for yeah. them. Yeah. So your dad was like the Moses of evangelical speak at the Super Bowl. You want to hear a funny story? Because I and I love I love hearing these stories. I got somebody asked me earlier. They said, "When were you most proud of your dad?" And I said, "It was after he passed because I was older, right? And I got to really get all the stories and exactly. stuff and people tell me and how many lives he impacted." After he won the Super Bowl, I get down on the field, right? Which would never happen in today's no. This was crazy. Security. There's no way they would believe that my mom was my mom. Right. We got Back all then, the way down. And everybody's right. screaming, and I remember thinking. I don't right. understand why he just won't tell him to be quiet. And then I look back on it later, and I'm like, there's no way you're telling right. a whole group of fans. <laughs> I'll never forget him running around with a trophy out there that day. But I'll tell you who else had a great story that people overlook because of Reggie's story. Yeah. was Don Beebe. Yeah. Because Don had lost four Super Bowls with right. the Bills. Right, And was playing wide receiver for the Packers. He was still in his uniform after everybody got dressed in the locker holding that trophy. And I'll never forget going over to him. And I still know Don today. He's like, I don't want to get undressed. Yeah. He goes, God took me through for a football player the worst thing that could possibly happen which is to play right. in four Super Bowls and lose all of them right and I, I'm holding this for all my teammates at Buffalo he said that God let me experience this he had the biggest smile on his face and I thought you know this is what it's all about that's right and you know? I remember my dad even saying that like it was something, you know, because that, that year it was Desmond Howard yeah you know there was uh, Jackson was on that team yeah. and he kept saying you know Don Beebe. Don Beebe is on our team. You yeah. know, and I, it was 
it's little tidbits. It's not like full stories you know, I remember, you, but I just remember when you talk his to name. guys. When you talk to guys, I think I'm going to write a book one day because this is my 26th Super Bowl. And back in the old days, like you said, when you could get in the locker room, yeah. sit down with them, I would always wait until everybody left. Mm -hmm. So the guys could calm down and you could really see what the, what the deal was. Yeah. People who introduced me to your dad and Sarah originally was, uh, was Leonard and Gene. I mean, you know, because Gene and Leonard were working with me going into schools. I teach in Charlotte. Uh, I, I, the card I just gave you, actually. Where? Uh, I, well, it was in, I was at a school called Oakdale Elementary in CMS. Yeah, and what, then I went what to county? Go, uh, in CMS. CMS, Yeah, okay. but then I, I left and went to go work for my cousin who works for Brisbane Academy. Yeah. Um, she needed me for that year, and then I, I was burning out. Yeah. Because I'm, I was throw, throwing all my passion sure. into it, right? And then the politics got in. So I took a, I took a step back. It was divine order. And I said, you know, I want to start a pre-K program. Um, but it might not, it'll, it'll be whatever it is, but I need it this year. Yeah. To kind of, um, it's a lot happening. My program's going to head, but it, it did start something because I got a YouTube channel. Yeah. And I'm trying to help, the, I'm trying to help mend the parent-teacher relationship. Yeah. Because that's a big part of well, it. Well, we've encouraged teachers because a lot of teachers never have anybody come to the school and tell kids what they tell them. And coming in here and telling kids what I tell them all the time that they're not hearing. Mm -hmm. So it's very encouraging. I've a lot of teachers come to me and say, I can't tell you how encouraging it was to hear someone echo someone from the outside. what we're doing. Yeah, that's it. The and, then too, and not to sugarcoat it, having a man come in. Yeah. And because I'm, I'm kindergarten, and when I was teaching in the schools, I had multiple people. It wasn't even me just being an African-American man. Right. African-American boys and girls. It was, I'm so happy There's they have a male teacher. Well, I got my dad's stuff sitting in my second office, college, professional you know, uh, and there's only there's so a few refreshing. things that I want in there right. that are special things. Right. Like he gave me his Burt Bell Award, which is his MVP award. It was a painting that Tommy McDonald did mm -hmm. for Hall of Famers, mm -hmm. the one he hand painted in a oil painting. Yeah. Got that in my office. Wow. And there was there was still some stuff. We I know, I know when uh, when David came down and we took some stuff. My mom goes, "Did he take this?" I said, "No." She goes, "Dog on it. I wanted him to take that. I don't want that." So yeah. there's still you know yeah. we've, we've got some. Well, I kept this. I kept off. this Japan Bowl jersey. Yeah. Uh, you know I. His Madden Award for 86, since I was born in 86, and my sister kept 88. Um, his, his NFL uh, Player of the Year Award in 88. Yeah. Well, I, I'd rather give to somebody or move it or do something. This is a blessing to hear. Yeah, it is. It's not, it, you know, not that I ever second-guess anything, but you always worry about what other people perceive yeah. as what's going on. I'm telling you, dude, that, this is divine intervention. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's, it's uh, life. When you talk to guys, I think I'm going to write a book one day because this is my 26th Super Bowl. And back in the old days, like you said, when you could get in the locker room, yeah. sit down with them, I would always wait until everybody left. Mm -hmm. So the guys could calm down and you could really see what the, what the deal was. Yeah. Um, when Elway won his first Super Bowl after losing four times. Which was great for him. It was in San Diego, us. right? Oh, yeah, it, yes, it, it was. That was, was it, it. was because I thought the Packers were going to win that. I would never forget it. Right. But it was a great game. Right. Incredible game. So, after everybody left, he had one son here and one son here, and he was sitting in his locker with his uniform still on by himself. And I'll never forget it. I just sat there and I watched it, and I said, "That's what it's all about." Yep. Faith, family, and football. That's right. That's and right. every time I've done a story of the Super Bowl where I've been around people where most people wouldn't know what's going on, but you know what's going on, you're right. like, having the privilege through this platform or, or magazine or television to 
over the years have told so many of these guys' stories and let them tell it mm-hmm. has been the uh, honor of my life. Yeah. And your dad is up here when it comes to inspiration, showing me how one person can change millions of people's lives yeah. by standing up for God strong and no excuses. And In I fact, still... that, when I interviewed him, it was the Wisconsin thing, remember? Yeah. When he went up to Wisconsin and he gave that speech yes, about I do. homosexuality. I do. We talked about that because he took a lot of flack for that yep. deal. I'll never forget. Today, he'd probably kill him. He'd probably, probably stone him. Buddy of mine was telling me, he goes, you know, you got a is lot. Is this it right here? Yeah, this is the, this is the, uh, this is the Bart Starr Award. Okay. This oh, is, uh, cool. yeah, this okay, was. So, um... so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Hold, hold that. I will. Me. Here's I will the deal about this. the Bart Starr Trophy. Yep. Okay. Got um, that right there. I got it. There are a lot of awards that are given out in the NFL every year. And. Athletes in Action, of course, Bart Starr is one of the great representatives of a Christian man, mm-hmm. one of the first men to ever speak out about God, to be a yes. prominent packer and one of the great players of all time. But this trophy right here to NFL players is the highest honor that an NFL player can win. Yep. Uh, if, we, if we went through the names of, of uh, Bart Starr recipients, yeah. your dad, uh, start naming them. It was them. the fourth one. Yeah, it was the fourth it was, uh, one. It was Singletary. It was um, Singletary. Um, oh, yeah, I know recently Calais Campbell. Yeah, Calais uh, Campbell. And, uh, 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 offensive lineman from the Bengals. Jackie Slater. Uh, Matthew Slater. No, it was uh, Munoz. Anthony Munoz. Munoz. And then, uh, but this uh, award's given not not just for being a great player on the field, but it's given for being a great husband, as being a great father, a great Christian, and a person who gives back to their community and cares more about others than themselves. Yep. Uh, so many great players have won this award. Yeah. And I remember going to, you know, st- I've been doing this since 97. This has become such a big deal in the NFL, right? Yeah. I mean. Yeah, and that was he was the fourth one to get it. So, yeah, it's it's. it's I was rich... at your dad's when he got it, Yeah, man. That yeah. was so awesome. This is a big deal. So. I mean, that's got some hefty it weight does. to it, It does. It's too. got some weight to it. And so uh, Bart Starr, uh, obviously, it's just so cool to have you come. I mean, yeah. this, 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 uh, this, you represent to me what, being a mentor is all about what being a father is all about because Re- Reggie's alive in heaven having a great time, right? right You're right. going to see him again? Yep. But you are carrying on in your sister and your mom the tradition of what he represented. Yep. Forget about the NFL, what he re- represented as a Christian man. That's right. That's uh, right. Um, so very emotional to see you carrying this trophy around. Um, yeah. And I, and I do think Eugene and Leonard Wheeler, Eugene mm-hmm. Robinson, who was a good friend of your dad's. Yeah for introducing me to your dad and taking the time to say, hey, you want to meet Reggie, be around Reggie, see him do his thing. Because I was young in ministry, man. Yeah. I was like, I want to see the real deal. Yeah. And your dad was real deal. Thank you. Real deal. That means a lot. That That's awesome, lot. man. Awesome. No, you're good. You're good. We got it. Yeah. But yeah, so we're, yeah. we're, we're here. Our with Star Trophy, and that's Saturday morning. Saturday, yep, and the, the bidding has already started. And who is, and who is, uh, who is getting the Hunt award? Uh, well, oh, no, this is, um, so this, this is one of the auction items. Oh, you're going to auction this yeah, off? Gonna, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Most valuable trophy in the NFL for a player that's spent any time in the NFL knows what that's all about. Yep. Uh, so Every year, and they're going to give it out at the Super Bowl, the winner, right? Yep, they are, and I'm and I'm I'm looking forward to that that being on somebody's, you know, because like you said, the the legacy is me, my sister, my mom. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to somebody being able to. And this 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 and the Walter Payton Award is probably the two yep. most coveted player players right. would love to get. Right, right. So I'm, you know, whoever 
whoever can continue to hold on to that legacy in, in this item, uh, I got the Well, we talk about faith, family, and football, but what this is about is this has nothing to do with winning football games. Right. This has to do with your impact and your platform, and your father was the word. When you say the word platform, you could put his name next to it about what Correct. that means. Correct. Uh, his story is connected to a legacy uh, that goes a lot longer than football, and that's what we're all about. It sold out. So right. having you on. Faith, family, and football, baby. Thank you so That's much. That's what we Thanks talked about. Me. Thanks for having awesome. me. Awesome. The name it. of that article was that. It was Reggie White, Faith, Family, and Football. Unbelievable. Great to have yeah. you come in with us, Jeremy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hey, this is Nick Ruffini from Revoice Media, and I'm the executive producer of The Roman Gabriel Show. We got involved with this show because we realized that Roman has a passion for educating the next generation, and we need your help. We need you to be a donor and go to soldouttv.com and donate, whether it's one time or an ongoing basis. Please help us educate the next generation by becoming a donor. Go to soldouttv.com and click donate. And remember, you can help us at the Sold Out Youth Foundation by donating. Text Sold Out 20 to 484848. That's Sold Out 20 to 484848 and help us help your students to stay drug and alcohol free. Welcome to the Roman Gabriel Show, romangabrielshow.com. Anywhere you get your podcasts, and I have a very special guest to finish out this great week. Um, she is the daughter of uh, what many people consider to be the greatest football player of all time. It's arguable, but he's, in that, he's definitely in that argument. One of the great running backs, uh, Jim Brown and with us is Kimberly Brown and you know the thing that really bothers me is, is she wore her dad's number 32 jersey and if she would have told me that I would have gone out and found my white number 18 jersey mm -hmm. except the difference is he signed it yes Kimberly Jim Brown Hall of Fame 71 yeah two and uh, we were talking about this before the show first of all welcome to the Roman Gabriel show thank you so much glad to be here happy to be here yes I am I am really excited about this but our fathers came from a different era, that's mm -hmm. for sure. Definitely the same era. Yes, yes, yes. And my dad came after Jim Brown, but he had a great deal of respect for him, played against him when early in his career. Oh, wow. Because my dad came to the team? league. Yeah, my dad came to the league in 62. Okay. Uh, so and your dad, dad was just in the last uh, three or four years. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, so he had a chance to, to see him in action. So uh, I know he has a great deal of respect. And, and I, by the way, I was at the NFL Honors event um, Two years ago, saw your dad, called him over, and he did a short little interview with me. Oh. A part of it, we were talking about um, uh, concussions okay. and the pension improvement for the pre-93 NFL players. Okay. So we asked him to comment on it. Of course, mm -hmm. your dad you know, uh, can comment and does. Mm -hmm. So he, he told us exactly what he thought. So what was, your, what was his thoughts? His thought was they need to get paid, uh, that they deserve to be paid. Yep. Uh, so yeah, your your dad was great. I've I've been with him a couple of times, but a long time ago, the time before. So, um, the honor to have you on the show. This is a lot of fun, and Thank I'm going to tell you a quick story. Okay. I had Johnny Unitas' son on the show. Oh really? This was years ago okay. in Indianapolis at the Super Bowl, about nine years ago. Oh wow! And I have a picture with he and I, and the reason why it's significant is my dad's idol was Johnny Unitas. And, of course, Johnny Unitas and Jim Brown were the two best players back then. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was a real honor to meet his son and to take a picture with him because oh, we awesome. all have a lot in common. Oh, yes. 
so you guys are sons of legends. I'm a daughter of a legend. Yes. Yes. So, you know, I was a historian, football historian, because I grew up in that era of late 60s, 70s football. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, my brother and I collected all the football cards and all that kind oh, of wow. stuff. So we've got fond memories, of golden years of football. So um, oh, that's great. Your dad's so great that he actually made the 1969 25th anniversary Rams highlight film. And it wasn't because he was playing. Mm -hmm. It was because they were talking about the great, great teams and players of the era. Mm -hmm. And they mentioned, you know, Jim Brown. And yes. so that was the first time I saw your dad was when I was about nine years old. My dad brought this film home. It's like, what is Jim Brown doing on a Los Angeles Rams <laughs> highlight film? And it was to document his greatness as a player. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the, you know, there's definitely connections. That's for yes, sure. Definitely. Mm. So how did you go back and watch the old films and things to learn about your father and what he accomplished in football? Yeah, I actually did. I was just he you know, he's he's old school. You know, I didn't really see a lot of, you know, jerking and, and jiving he just ran straight <laughs> over people yeah. you know and 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 I like his style like I really like my father's style and I was actually training for running back uh this in 2020 in flag yeah I actually was playing uh tackle with the LFL uh formerly the lingerie to, right. the, to the legends and I was playing defensive end, but uh, 2020 I was playing flag football and I was training as running back. And I really wanted to get back into contact because I was like, yeah. I just want to hit people. You know, that's flag. serious stuff. That league. Mm-hmm. Yep. I it mean, is. I mean, it, it, let me tell you, you guys are tough. I've seen it. I mean, there's some girls that can hit. Man. We take hits, like, and it, it's it's unbelievable. And I'm just and I'm I was so honored to be on that team and part of that league. So, what other sports do you play? Have you played? I played basketball, but that yeah. was back in high school. Yeah. And you know, I've always I played everything: uh, basketball, soccer, volleyball. And then I just got into football a couple years yeah. ago. And my dad actually came to one of my games uh, in Los Angeles. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he really he really liked the league. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Dad, what do you think? He was like, yeah, I like it. Even my mom was saying that, too. They are like, yeah, invite us to another game when you're playing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. So it was really cool. Yeah. So what, so what are you doing? What, what do you do? Well, currently I'm working on a project. It's called Daughters of Legends. Wow. Yes, yes. It's myself and Robin Charles, who's the daughter of Ray Charles. Wow. Yes. So we just filmed our pilot episode in New York in October. It just came out of post-production. My dad actually came on as a guest star. It was amazing. The whole concept of the show is my father back in 1967, he called all the top black athletes to meet with him, with them in uh, Cleveland with Muhammad Ali to discuss why he wasn't wanting to be drafted into the Vietnam War. So I'm recreating and expanding on that concept by calling the Daughters of Legends to come together to change the world. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's our activism work. Um, we each have a cause that we want to we wanna make change, real change in our communities, in our country, and then expand it, you know, internationally. So it's a whole network of women working together. So tell me about what are some of the different causes that you're taking up? Pro-choice and vaccines. Um, they should, I don't believe they should be mandated. I feel like it's my body, my choice. Yeah. And to fully fund single mothers for a higher education or to start a business. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, I was just thinking about the fact that uh, right now it's probably a great time to be taking up this because we're more divided as a country than we've ever been. Yes. Although some people would remind us that during your father's time, during the 60s, that it uh, that because we don't probably look close enough that it was just as bad or worse. I uh, say it was, I say that we've come um, further than my father's time. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like, it, you know, the racism and everything. Everybody so always says it's the worst now. Because yeah, that's but I don't get, I don't see that. I don't see that because I don't experience yeah. that. So I can't say, you know, their racism is just at an absolute high right now yeah. compared to what my father went through. And that, and that's it. And that's the thing about daughters of legends is, you know, we, we, we were born to these legendary men. They set the, the standard. They were the example in our lives, but they went through what they went through and experienced racism, experienced, um, you know, horrific things. And, and, but now, you know, they, they became legends out of it they still were able to become who they are and still achieve the success without anybody or anything holding them back. And that's the thing. It's like, okay, if there's racism and there's this going on in your community, well, what can you do to overcome that? So that's what Daughters of Legends is. It's we're being the examples um, to show women and to show, you know, our country and people in our country how we can overcome these adversaries. Adversaries. Kimberly Brown's with us um, right here on the Roman Gabriel Show, RomanGabrielShow.com. And um, what inspired you to do this? My father. My father did. I actually came up with the title Daughters of Legends. I approached him, and the first thing that came out of his mouth was, I love it. And I was shocked. I was really? In sh- I was in shock because I never heard my father say that. Um, and then he said, there's so many different things that you can do with this. So he already saw what this was. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I just know that I had to go after it and, you know, go through what I had to go through to get to where I'm at now. Okay. um, And not quit. Um, So so obviously it sets up for you to bring in others uh, Mm -hmm. into this that are interested in being involved and they can bring their own causes to the table. Exactly. So Robin Charles cause, her cause is about bringing um, arts, music, back into the schools, uh-huh. having that. Uh, I also have another group. It's called Daughters of Sports. And we're actually here this weekend, uh, this weekend together. Yeah. And we're going to be hosting. we got a photo shoot um, going on and some interviews. And it is Tanisha Taylor, the daughter of Lawrence Taylor, yeah. and Brianna Jordan, the daughter of Brian Jordan. Yeah. So, yeah, so I have Daughters of Legends and I have Daughters of Sports. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. So. For those that want to get involved, young ladies out there in either one of these, where can they go to get involved or find some information? Are you guys working on that? We currently are. Uh, we're just up and running, so not everything's, you know, where it needs to be. But if they would like to contact us, they can contact me on my Instagram at Kimberly.B as in boy, dot brown. Kimberly.B as in boy, brown. Mm, dot brown. Okay, Kimberly.B as in boy, Dot brown. Yes. Got it. Yes. And then double also- dot brown. That's what you should have called it. Double dot brown. <laughs> double dot brown. There you go. And then we also have our Instagram page, which is Daughters of Legends. Okay, good. That's easy. Yes. Daughters of Legends. I'm going to make sure I get on that. Yes. And um, then I actually, 
how come you how come you're leaving out us sons i mean what, what are you guys sexist or <laughs> we don't get to communicate this or this is the you know the decade of the woman okay. you know the woman um you know it's it's time for us to shine you know i've so. got a cause by the way i know you do i know drug yes. and alcohol education for young people junior high and high school students yes so. i read about that and i was just so impressed i was like this is much needed definitely especially with parents in the household that are alcoholics yes um i think that's definitely you know for somebody to you know give them another perspective yes um and lead them in the right direction what do you do for a living well i actually just completed my first movie my acting debut really yes i was there's in, another one your dad you know left football early to be an actor that's what i'm doing so what so what tell me about that it was a movie called one night in miami Directed by Regina King. Mm -hmm. It just dropped on Amazon. It's about my father, Cassius Clay, Sam Cooke, and Malcolm X. Wow. Yeah, so it was back in 1964 when Cassius Clay fought Sonny Liston for the world championship. And I play Sonny Liston's wife, Geraldine Liston. Really? Yes. Well, they must have had to make you up for that one, right? Yes, they make did. Make you look a little older. Yeah, I looked back in the 60s. Yeah. I had my, my hair and, you know, that old style glam. I looked really great. So, so is the acting thing something you want to continue to pursue? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, did you have any formal training at all, or did you go to school for that? or? When I was a kid. So everything that I was doing as a kid, you know, when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, I was, I'm doing now. Uh -huh. Playing sports, acting. Uh, I, I just wanted to be just like my father. Yeah. And, you know, that dream kind of went away. And then I rediscovered it. And I was like, you know what? Nothing's going to hold me back from doing it. Right. Not even age. Nothing. I'm going to do what I want to well, do. Yes. Kimberly Brown right here on the Roman Gabriel Show. I'm with you when you talked about music and, uh, and art in the schools. And mm -hmm. I'm also on with continuing education and character training in in drug and alcohol education which has been totally cut out of schools um, yes we come in there you know we get supported by grants uh but if we're not in the schools nobody is no um so my you know our my wife and i's goal for 25 years working with young people has been that we want to more than ever we need to develop this generation of leaders mm -hmm. oh know? yes definitely uh, you know and that's something that uh, you know no amount of social networking and no amount of, uh, you know, problems politically is going to solve. We've yeah. got to focus on the next generation. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, that's something all of us can unify around. Oh, yes. Especially the children. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. And my father actually has a program since 1986 called American Program, and it helps to reprogram the mind, you know, not playing the victim, but, you know, self-determination, self-responsibility, being a part of your family, being in your yes. children's lives. And I was, and that's what I was thinking about with your program I was like you guys should combine that and I think that'd be a heavy hitter yeah he, um, you're right because um, there there's never been a better time uh, kids are really struggling there's mm -hmm. a, there, there's a lack of hope that especially is especially now through COVID the COVID thing has been will never we'll, it'll take years to find out how bad the, uh, yeah, the, psychological? the secondary effects of that on children have been um, I was just glad that here in Florida uh, during Super Bowl in Tampa, we were able to go into a middle school for real in front of the kids because they're in school. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, we were, had about 162 kids Wednesday and, and, and had great results and uh, hoping that we're going to bring our program down here to Florida with the open door. Oh, amazing. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, to me, you know, if they can do it here, I don't understand why they can't do it other places to get the kids back in school. And he, 
Yeah. You, yeah you look, like, at her, look at her face. Right <laughs> looking at my, I'm looking at my producer over here, <laughs> Tyler, and he's like, I don't know. He's just shaking like his this, head. Like, this is it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I do not agree with what is going on. Kids need to be with kids. They need to be in school. They need to have that social setting. They do not need to be all masked up and, and, and it's, it's just, it blows my mind. And that's why I love Florida. Thank God for your governor. Like, um, you know, you, I do a little political, I'm no, in the politics you know, you did, a little bit. You just said the same exact thing I said to them at the school. Mm-hmm. I said, thank you for your governor because he gets it. Yeah, he does uh, get know, it. He's put the kids first. Yes. And if we put the kids first, there's no way you should have them at home. Mm-mm. Uh, you and, know, it's not, and it's not healthy for them. They have no interaction. And what, and what are they doing at home? Their parents are still having to work, so they're probably home by themselves. Yeah. You know? Um, and taking care of their brother or sister rather than getting online and going to school. So Exactly. You know, how can you continue to keep kids at home mm-hmm. and expect that they're going to learn? Yeah. They're going on year two here. Yep. I mean, uh, you know, I had a couple of parents who said they were thinking about keeping their child back because socially they weren't oh, ready. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Well, they weren't ready for, they didn't think they were ready, like, from going from, from grade school to middle school because the socialization factor, yes. they really haven't had the opportunity to. So now. Ugh. Yeah, so, so now you're trying to decide that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the other thing that bothers me is, is and this has bothered me before COVID, um, how can you expect kids to be mentally sharp and good in the classroom when they're not exercising, mm. when, when you're cutting PE, when you're cutting sports. sports, when you're cutting extracurricular activities? Yes, yes. And that's what Daughters of Sports comes in because we believe that sports should be in the school. That creates the mindset of a legend and, and creates discipline. They learn discipline. Um, so you get that mindset when you have those extracurricular activities and you have those sports. Um, and that's what we're going to be working on as well. Kimberly Brown's with us. She's the daughter of the great Jim Brown of the Cleveland Browns. And she was nice enough to wear her wonderful jersey today so that you guys could share in that if you're watching on TV or on social networking. Um, but your dad gets it. I mean, he, he, the the thing that's being torn apart in our country. Forget about race and black and white and oh, all yeah. of those Who stuff. Oh yeah, who cares about that? It's the family. It's, it's the, the family is what's being torn apart in our it, country. And if is. that continues to happen, we're going to be ceasing to be the America that people grew up and knew. Yeah, our freedom. You know, it's it, we're we're at a real crisis point where people are going to have to speak up. And I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Oh, I'm definitely not afraid to speak up. I take after my dad on yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you what you're young though. What you might what you what you're going to learn when you get my age is is that you're going to look back and go. Sometimes I need to not do that. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I uh, my, my wife sometimes. She acts as my uh, uh, solicitor Your general buffer. on that one, the buffer. Yeah. 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 No, you don't want to discuss that. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's 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 something that needs to be addressed. Um, definitely. Our government's not taking it seriously. Oh, they're definitely not. They're, uh, this is a political game that they're they're pulling on the American people, and it is just outrageous and horrific what they're doing. Do you think that um, with kids that we could throw politics out the window and act like we care? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. We act like we do. We just don't do it. The actions. Uh, yeah, the actions speak a lot louder than words. Yep. But, um, you know, I was thinking uh, with with your dad, you know, I grew up, I was seven, you know, two when my dad started playing football. And, uh, you know, actually he was playing college football when I was born, but I, oh, he didn't wow. finish playing ball until I was a high, senior in high school. 
Well, the opportunities for uh, young ladies and women is incredible today with Title IX um, and the opportunities for scholarships academically mm -hmm. in sports, not just a couple sports, but all across the board. Yes. Um, so, you know, I hope that uh, we get back into full go on men's basketball and football because those are the two sports that help pay for the other ones. So, oh, there we go. You know, we need to get those back in action so that all the, you know, other sports yes. can Women's thrive sports. again mm -hmm. as well. So um, I hope with this vaccine that we're going to get back to sports in some sort of normalcy, you know, hopefully by the summer, I would hope. <laughs> it's amazing the NFL was able to play a Super Bowl. I mean, it really is. You uh, know, that they're doing I, it. <laughs> I'm going to just, um, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, um, definitely, I don't know about, you know, if the vaccine will get us there. Um, but, you know, I feel that, you know, we should get back to normal. You know what a lot of the guys said this week, though, that I talked to, because I was trying to wonder, you know, some of the guys opted out before the season and other guys didn't. But I was talking to Matthew Slater today, who uh, who's a really incredible player for the New England Patriots. and mm -hmm. And I asked him, I said, you know, you had several guys that opted out. Did you ever think about that? He said, yeah, I had to because, you know, we have older grandparents, um, you know, and some of the guys had them in their home. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you don't want to bring this not knowing back into your home to your grandma or grandpa. I get that. Or somebody who's got a secondary condition. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I never really thought about that. And then, then one of the uh, wives of one of the coaches for the Bucks was here today. And she said it was really hard on the kids and on the wives because they had to do the same thing the players did. Um, the tracing, they couldn't, their kids, even though other kids are in school, theirs are not. Oh, wow. Uh, because, because of protecting the players. Mm -hmm. So she said it was really hard. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people have to make a lot of sacrifices, you know. And, and I totally, I get it from both sides, you know. I understand that you want to protect your family. You want to be cautious. I understand that. Um, but me... Um, I'm more of a free spirit. Well, if you're under 50, though, and you're, you're in really good shape, I mean, 99.9% yeah. .9 is a pretty good figure. I mean, you yeah. and I got a better chance of getting hit by a car outside <laughs> the convention center than, than, get, you know, than dying from COVID. Yeah, well, there you go. Okay, but, uh, good. <laughs> I, I actually had COVID a year ago. Oh, you in did? In February before they said Announced it was COVID. It. Um, you know, had it for three weeks, sick as I've ever been in my life. Really? But I don't have secondary problems, so I never once thought about going to a hospital. It was just having terrible, terrible, terrible flu. Yeah. Troubled breathing, you know, deep breaths. And, oh, wow. uh, and of course, they didn't know what it was. So the, <laughs> the doctors are giving me antibiotics, which don't work for viruses. So <laughs> went to two doctors and they said, yeah, there's something going around. You'll probably have it for about three weeks. And yeah. They didn't uh, know what it was. Oh, I know. So we created a fitness, health, and wellness program mm -hmm. where I went out and I got some of my friends from the NFL and some others from, from that I know that are in the medical field. Awesome. One that's a neuroscientist, another one that's a, that's a mental success coach, another uh, one that was a yoga coach, and another uh, NFL player that was, you know, a, a you know, cross-training workout type of thing. Oh, wow. Cross and so I asked them to video workouts for the students. Mm -hmm. uh, and what we did was is we provided the, all this information on COVID, provided, you know, uh, mental, physical, and emotional help for them from professionals, and then provided these right. exercise programs that they could do at home with their yes. brother and sister in the yard. Um, and then we need, went to the PE teachers, that. you know, and said, hey, you know, this is a great way for you to engage with your students to mm -hmm. give them something, you know, they weren't really doing. Um, no, that's great because they the, the children need that because if you're in the house locked down, how is your immune system? 
Yeah. Really, you're not going outside. You're not interacting. So you still have to stay healthy. Right. And what better way than to, you know, engage with the students, do it together, have a video by professionals. No, that makes complete sense. I think that was that was great to do. Well, and the other thing is, is, is the one positive from this is that I think everybody's taken out of is it's definitely slowed people down because we're such a rush society. Oh, yeah. And we're, we constantly have something in front of us, you know, whether it's a phone or an iPad oh, yeah. or a, computer or we're going from meeting to meeting and mm-hmm. you know we're never stopping we're not getting great sleep yeah so everybody i've talked to during this when i talked to a bunch of them on zoom this week if Saul said the same thing you know what it did do for me and my family was to help us focus again on family and help yes. us slow down yes slow down uh, yes and that's to begin great. to take you know assess okay. but um one more time um give us give us how they can get a hold of your new organization uh, you can get in touch with me on Instagram at Kimberly.B, as in boy, dot brown, or at Daughters of Legends, um, or my email at Kimberly.B.Brown at gmail.com. Okay, Daughters of Legends, Kimberly Brown, what a pleasure. When I, when I found out that you were here... I said I have to meet her because I. Well, I came I, down here specifically for this interview. Well, I appreciate that. This is that. such an honor. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. When Brenda asked me, "Do you want to do a Zoom or in person?" I'm like, "In person, like yeah. I want to meet him." <laughs> but you know what? Um, we do, regardless of of color, background, or whatever, have something in common, and that is our fathers played in the greatest time in the history of the NFL. Yes. Yes. And during a time when the NFL was really a sport that they would have played for free if they could have. Yeah. Um, it's just a totally different place. But the innocence of the game, the, 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 the love and interaction with the fans, mm-hmm. um, the development of our country in a lot of ways during the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's fantastic to meet you, and I wish you nothing but luck with uh, with your endeavors and Thank your you. acting career. Thank you very and much. Let's stay in touch. Yes, definitely. And uh, we'll we'll. Look and I definitely f- want to work with your organization as well. We have to do something. Yes, yes. I would love that. Uh, that that would be totally awesome because. Um, uh, you know, if we, again, don't take care of the next generation of kids, uh, we're certainly going to be in a deep, deep trouble. Mm-hmm. And right now, we need to help kids more than ever. Oh, yeah, definitely more than ever right now. Kimberly Brown, and she wore that lovely jersey, the Jim Brown jersey, signed by her father. Isn't that great? Number Two 32. Kimberly from Jim Brown, number 32. Yeah, Browns. You know, my Browns, I was really oh, you, rooting for them. you know them. what? They came a long way. They what came, a great year. I'm so proud of them. I know. I am so, 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 I'm so happy. Yes. Like, I, like, I was like, we're still winners i'm like we didn't make it to super bowl but we got so far second round next playoffs. year right next year stepping stone you next gotta start year. somewhere thank goodness for our, our new coach like he did his thing that's right yes. kimberly brown right here on the roman gabriel show thanks so much for listening to the roman gabriel show if you enjoy the podcast please leave a rating and review on itunes And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And remember, you can help us at the Sold Out Youth Foundation by donating. Text SOLD OUT20 to 484848. That's SOLD OUT20 to 484848. And help us help your students to stay drug and alcohol free. The Roman Gabriel Show is produced in partnership with Revoice Media. Executive producers Roman Gabriel and Nick Ruffini. 
audio editing by Justin Thomas, and graphic design by Catherine Weed. For more music, entertainment, and sports podcasts, check out revoicemedia.com. Listen to the Roman Gabriel Show at RomanGabrielShow.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.